Hello there. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Lindsay and Krista. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. Hello, world. <laughs> it's us on YouTube. <laughs> I have the, the new iPhone because I'm awesome. And I was like taking a selfie video and I zoomed in. I have to show you how fucking crazy it literally, you see every pore. It's the most. I reject it. I it's, reject it. <laughs> I want an iPhone 4. I don't want 13. I want 4. We'll see what was bothering me with my old iPhone because I'm so vain is that the camera's blue. And I was like, why do we have, because I was taking pictures of like gorgeous fucking flowers. And I'm like, why is this blurry and shit? This is my, <laughs> this is the story of my life. I'm like, why do I look like everything's filtered, but it's just dirt yes. on my phone or it's just a shitty phone? I honestly think this happens so that you get a new phone, which mm-hmm. worked on me. Because I saw that. I, got a new phone. I was at the beach with Gina and you know her, Gina, our friend who's so. Yeah, the aesthetic on. Aesthetic vibe. Crazy. She's like. 24-7. So she's like doing the beach and her phone, and I put my phone next to hers, and we were looking at the same <laughs> thing. But I also have the nightshade thing on. Where so do or, I. Where it's orange always. Okay. But it's not blurry. I don't, I honestly, t- that is it. I'll like look at beautiful things. I'm like, what? Yeah. I was like, you know what? I want things to be crystal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crystal Whatever. freaking clear. You know what I was thinking about today after our talk on the beach? So mm-hmm. me and Lindsay have drop-ins, <laughs> and we get in nature, and we walk on the beach. Yes. But I was thinking about speaking your truth, and mm-hmm. I was thinking about the concept and idea of speaking your truth, and how everyone's like, speak your truth. And it's like, you think about that idea, and before you kind of meet with someone that you love and you share, if you speak your truth, I think people assume that when you're speaking from a wounded place— or from a pain body place, or from like a lower aspect of yourself place, or like a painful place Mm -hmm. that that's speaking your truth. That's actually not the truth. Yeah, That's like your illusion that you subscribe to, or your story that you subscribe to. And the truth is like the higher perspective. So it's like actually speaking truth is speaking to the higher perspective, or like the higher experience of it. And I was like, why didn't, because the concept of speaking your truth, I'm like, why doesn't it feel like it's making sense to me? Mm-hmm. And just dropped in making sense to me today. I was like, oh, you're, no, it's speaking the actual truth. Yeah. Like the infinite, omnipotent love. Truth with a capital T. Yes. Love is all truth. Not just like, hey, you did this. I, You know what I mean? Yes. Like, this hurt me or whatever. It's like, that's not truth. That's yes. story. And it's also just unprocessed where it's kind of this du- dumping. Yep. You know, and also like you can feel, I forget who we were talking to recently, where you feel the resonance of a word or a phrase when someone like in the last couple of years where there's like, speak your truth. Yes. And it's like that, you can feel the energy. Yes. Speak your truth. There's a thing, you know, where, I don't know, maybe we think of another phrase to describe yeah. it. And I was thinking about an experience yeah. that I've been in where it's like, I'm speaking my truth. And it's like your pain is yeah. speaking. Yeah. Not the truth. Mm-hmm. It's the pain. It's the woundedness. It's the inner child. It's the inner teen that's speaking, which is fine. Yeah. No shame in all love, but it's like, that's not the truth. Yeah. It's a moment of how you're feeling, but it's not the actual higher perspective truth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's making much more sense to me because why does it feel like when we come together in our conversations, if we have something to talk about, 
it so feels good and it's so much more productive, even though there have been what I perceived previously to be truths that are felt on my own where I'm angry, sad, whatever in the experience, but we're able to come to the actual truth together. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think because there's like this commitment to love and what is true over anything. Mm -hmm. And I also think we've done a lot of work Mm -hmm. not to be in our pain bodies when we're having these conversations Mm -hmm. and not to be so unaware of everything at play. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it could be a little much to be like, okay, well, this is the part of me and you know, it's like all these things, but also- This is my attachment style and this is what's coming up as a projector. But to have all of those things kind of integrated, you know, or integrating, it's like I'm able to enter these conversations without this defensiveness or working on that protectiveness. It's Mm -hmm. like, what are we doing here? Why are we friends? Mm -hmm. What is the purpose here? We can be so attached to being right Mm -hmm. that we miss out on like what's really happening and what's really here for us. And the right is fear, Mm -hmm. control, and all of that. I think that's another concept. And I have an episode of talking about boundaries and walls. Mm -hmm. That's another concept like related to speaking your truth is that idea where it's like speak your truth. And I don't think people understand what that means, the nuance of it. And it's really just pain and boundaries is sort of the same thing where I don't think people understand the nuance required with boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like boundaries is actually a conversation. It's actually something that is moldable, movable. Yeah. It's not a reaction to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people put up boundaries. They're like, no, boundary. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's a reaction to, that's reactionary, totally. that's victim. I mean, everything is nuanced and everything is energetic, but I was thinking about that today after mm-hmm. our, our walk about truth. Our clearing, what did Blue call it? The clearing. Clearing conversation. Clearing conversation. I love that. <laughs> it's it's a good one. It's true. We had a clearing conversation. You guys just need to clear. And I think that's a good way to approach a friend. Like, hey, I just need to clear something. Yes. I had a friend who had something and she just said, called and was like, hey, I have a charger on something. Can I talk to you about it? Mm, love that. Yeah. I was scared, but whatever. <laughs> I You're like, can you listen to this message for me? <laughs> uh-huh, no, 100%. You guys, that's what I do. I make, because I can feel the frequency of their voice and that's how empathetic I am. I get scared if someone, mm-hmm. also too, hey, everyone, stop voice noting. I wanted to do this myself with you. And now that you're doing it back like, to me. like, I don't want to respond. Now that you're doing it back to me, it's got to stop. This is a one-way street. I voice note you, you receive, yeah, and we're done. Now yeah. it's too much. Yeah, what is that? part. I noticed that about myself too, where there's like, I know something needs to be talked about, like even with our conversation. Mm -hmm. And I felt it yesterday where I'm like, is there something that I'm unaware of that like you need to tell? You know what I mean? I felt like that too. I think something happened that made us both perceive something that was going to be said that was greater than what was said. I noticed the feeling where I was like, what are you afraid of? I feel like I do have a thing with discomfort and normal. Normal. But yeah, it was interesting. I was like, what are we afraid of? Like, what's what's the worst thing that could happen? What's what's like being touched right now that you're mm-hmm. like, ooh. But same thing where someone's like, hey, I feel like I have a charge around something. Can I, Yeah. can we just talk about this? Yes. And it's like, what is that fear of like being found out, being bad? Like, you know, that yes. feeling. For me, it's like the unexpected because I'm like, there's that part of me that's like, oh, I have to change based on what you say. Yeah. So they're like, mm-hmm. I have a charger on you doing this thing. And then there's 
that pattern in me that's like, okay, I'm no longer doing that for you. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. where I respond and I'm like, there goes that part of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> because yeah. you have problems with it or you have a charge around it. Yeah, yeah It allows yeah. myself to be not really much anymore. It happens, but it would allow myself to be bullied almost into yeah. being like, okay, no more. Yeah. That's done. And sometimes we forget and we give away our power in the sense like, what if this person is meant to be experiencing someone like me or what I'm saying or doing for their own learning? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We yeah. forget that we don't always have to pretzel ourselves to make yeah, someone yeah. else feel comfortable. Yeah. Like, it's like being aware in those moments. They're like, I, this, I have a charger on this. We're like, that charge is yours. <laughs> <laughs> Who's charge is it? Yeah, literally, that charge is technically yours. <laughs> I'm just the movie screen yeah, providing that little charge for you. But I've just on the boundaries piece before we get into this episode, I have someone that I know that I was like really hot on boundaries. It's actually a part of the process where I hope it becomes less charged. It's a little bit an electric fence. It's the nervous system is like boundary. And it's also almost like their way of reclaiming power, but it's not in an empowered way. That's the biggest facts. Yeah. It's like, watch me create a boundary. I am taking back my power. But then you're not allowing for forgiveness, intimacy, real connection. Mm -hmm. But also that might be a part of the process where you need space, like Mm -hmm. actual boundary for space. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Okay. Hopefully you can feel comfortable to dissolve that a little bit so there can be kind of a new connection made. But yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. That's a wild one. Yeah. I think I know, but I also might know. (laughs) (laughs) Let me spell it with my body. Yeah, literally. Let's (laughs) psychically guess it. Oh my gosh. If you are tuning into Almost 30 today and you're from Blue's World. Hello. Welcome. We're so grateful you're here. We started this in our transition from our 20s to our 30s during the Saturn return time. Really pivotal point in our lives, and I'm sure for yours if you've been through it. And we love to have conversations with amazing change makers like Blue. So this was really beautiful. We talked about so many different things. We talked about Jean Keys, Mm -hmm. beauty, her journey with her hearing, the transition of her hearing or hearing loss or just the experience that she's had with her diagnosis and hearing. We talked about the darkness retreat, which is what I'm doing, which I'm very excited about. And we talked a little bit about plant medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so thankful because one, I feel like with someone like Blue, there is like a deep presence. And I think in part because she has lost her hearing in a sense that like her other senses are super heightened and she has to be so present to understand what's being said and it really opens up a whole other level within the conversation it's felt so i'm sure Mm -hmm. you'll feel it in listening to this conversation but also just like being in her presence like she has such a lightness and a childlike essence to her and play which i think i know we all have but to be around someone who is just so she says it in the episode, like is able to inject this spontaneity and joy in the mundane because why the fuck not? It's very cool. It's very cool to experience and see and gives permission for all of us. We also talk about where she's been and who she's been and all these things. 
just the arenas that she has entered, whether it's the Air Force or she worked in Hollywood for a bit, for her to be in those spaces and be who she is and on her path, it's very interesting to me to see where she, where God places her. It's pretty profound. Yeah, activator. And being able to hold that type of energy is very mm-hmm. unique. Being able to be in those spaces and not lose yourself yeah. is really powerful. Yeah. And she is incredible. She's magnetic. And mm-hmm. just seeing her speak, I highly recommend watching this one on YouTube. Seeing her speak is just yeah, I love intoxicating. Her. She's mm-hmm. amazing. I'm so grateful. So she is the co-founder of Fluorescence, which is a modern mystery school for women. She is a speaker, artist, musician, entrepreneur. She has her own podcast called Deja Blue. She loves the Gene Keys, which we mm-hmm. talked a lot about. And she can be found on Instagram at BLU of Earth. Mm-hmm. Thank her last you, name is of Earth. <laughs> How cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Lucky. Lucky. And yeah, this, we reached out to her and it was such a quick turnaround with, she's like, yes. I'm coming. Let's do it. So it was just really it was amazing beautiful. to have her in person while I was here in LA. So thank you, Blue. We love you. Appreciate you. We hope you enjoy this one. If you're new to Almost 30, if you're coming from Blue's audience, thank you for being here. You know, this is a place where we hope to just support you and your growth and evolution. And yeah, it's been it's been quite a ride. So thank you for joining us. You can go to almost30.com to learn more about what we have going on courses and programs and a membership community you can explore there follow us on instagram at almost 30 podcast we love you guys thank you so much for tuning in enjoy this one share it with a friend and we'll see you on the other side what was the experience of being first diagnosed or your first understanding of of when you learned about your hearing my brother and i both have it and we were sitting with my family at christmas around dinner table and I remember my brother being like, mom, I'm having a, a really hard time hearing people communicate with me. And I turned to him and I was like, yeah, I'm actually noticing the same thing. But usually like, when you're hard of hearing, you're not the one that actually notices. It's the people that are around you that are like, I've said your name three times. I'm standing right here and you mm-hmm. haven't responded. And so we were both getting feedback from people. which noticing that like you need to clean your ears out or like getting comments like that. And so we both went together to go and get a hearing test. It's like, ingrained in my memory the doctor was on a swivelly chair and he like slowly turned around and he put his, his glasses down the bridge of his nose and he looked at looked at me and goes deeply concerned by your results and I was like what thank you really yeah. and it, it was almost like a twilight zone moment yeah. where it didn't it didn't really sink in and they did more tests and basically came with the diagnosis that it's hereditary, progressive, meaning it's getting worse and incurable. They have no known cure for it. And so in the age of the ripe age of what was it, 23, being told that I'm going deaf and it's just, I've just got to accept my fate. Mm. And I just remember feeling like everything that I thought I knew about the world all <laughs> of a sudden just didn't become so cement. Everything was in question, whether I'd be able to hear music whether I'd be able to hear my own voice, whether I'd be able to sing, who would want to date someone that was going deaf. All of the things that I love to do all started to become in question. And it just made me realize how fragile it truly means to be human. And the things that we take for granted every single day can just mm. be gone like that. And it was pretty, it like shaked my world up. Mm, and then yeah. it shifted everything on its head. But it also, I think, started me on the path of really asking the deeper questions of what's most important in life. 
And if these things aren't guaranteed, then what am I doing every single mm. day? Am I actually living a life of compromise and obligation, doing some sort of version of what success has been projected onto me since the moment I was born? Or am I actually doing the things that are lighting me up from the inside out that are actually then creating my reality based off of a place of passion? Mm. And to have that at that age, I feel like mm-hmm. is so profound. Mm-hmm. What was like the, because you're at where you are now with the perspective that you just shared, but was there like a grieving process? Because mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love, I know a lot of people go through these moments where their life completely changes. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of judgment that comes with the process of mm-hmm. moving through. So what was your process from that point where you found out? Grief, sadness, isolation. Like when I wasn't around people, I wasn't having to be confronted with the fact that I was going deaf. The only reason why it's constantly in my consciousness is that I'm in conversation with someone or in a group of people and one person says something and then everyone's laughing and then it's quick and it's fast paced and I've lost it already three seconds ago over here. And now I don't know what they're responding to. And now everyone's laughing and I'm not laughing. So all of a sudden it's like I'm in a room full of people, but I'm completely alone. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I feel like no one can relate. When you're experiencing a deafness, it's an invisible ailment. It's no one knows what you're going through. If you don't have a leg or if you don't have an arm or if you're blind, people know how to support or meet you in that space. But if you're deaf or going, or you're hard of hearing, then no one knows. Everyone just carries on with what's going on and just sit there and be like, oh, I am literally falling out of the room right now. So I isolated myself and I I used to work in Hollywood and I was a production coordinator and manager for big Hollywood events. And I would be at the Oscars and I would be on headset and I'd be coordinating many different people all at once. And I had to quit my job because I couldn't hear what was going on on the headset. So my world as I knew it was really dissolving. And that was when I started creating and painting and making art. Because when I was creating, I was building a world or creating a world of beauty where I didn't feel beauty in what was actually happening in my immediate environment. So through creating paintings and painting murals, I allowed myself to drift into a timelessness state where none of this narrative was existing. So there was isolation, very deep sadness and a level of grief that I couldn't see the end of it. Mm. I would cry and cry and cry. And I was like, I don't see how I'm going to get to the end of this sadness because there's no solution. Mm -hmm. There's no cure. And it's not just a moment of surrendering. It's like, okay, I've surrendered to this. (laughs) I'm at peace with it now. And that is it. It's a surrendering on a minute basis. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in an elevator and someone walks in and goes, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, (sighs) mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every minute is just learning to adapt and to surrender. However, ultimately, because it put everything in question of nothing's guaranteed, then it really got me asking about my job. Am I actually really fulfilled? What do I actually really want to do? I always loved singing, but I've been so afraid to sing in front of people. But now I don't even know if tomorrow I'll hear my own voice. So I'm going to go buy a guitar. Because today is all I have. For the rest of my life, this is the only moment that I've got. So how all in am I going now that actually nothing is guaranteed? It's not guaranteed that I'll have my hearing. It's also not guaranteed that I won't have my hearing. But what I'm using with this moment is the only thing that I have the option to choose around. I'll go buy a guitar. Mm -hmm. And I started learning how to sing. And then I booked a one-way ticket and went traveling alone. And I started doing things that pushed me outside of my Mm -hmm. comfort zone because of the unpredictable nature of what it means to be human 
that was actually really being confronted through the hearing loss. So there was phases that I went through, but ultimately there was many different angels that showed up for me. One of them being the form of a technology called the Gene Keys. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of it? Familiar? Yes. He's my favorite writer. Mm -hmm. My background is my Gene Keys 22. Really? 22? 22. The Akashic Ocean. As you have already heard, the Gene Key 22 is very special. There's no getting around this statement. Written in the evolutionary script are certain anomalies and divine cosmic surprises. In this respect, there is no other gene key to rival the 22. It is what the, makes the mythic of drama of life so compelling. Which is 22 for it, you? The writing is just... It, the way that Which his name? words yes. find yeah. like the right into give context to the thing that I've been feeling but it's, not been able to articulate. Mm-hmm. makes me want to cry. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. His writing is just, even if you, I've, you probably have done this too. Like I've read the whole Gene Keys book just because mm-hmm. I want to learn. You have? Learn yeah, other, have, oh. have language for the, and I'm not an expert, you are, but I want to have language for the things that happen that are just mm-hmm. like so profound. And for me to know about being a 22 and 2247, mm-hmm. gate, gate 22, gate 40. No, you're not. Dude, this is my. You're 2247. <gasps> That's Did you oh, just weird. realize that? Yeah, wow. yeah, we didn't know that. And this is a big Typical. deal, fam. This, this is, is a big, big deal. deal. I love you. <laughs> you're like, yes. <laughs> for anyone listening to this podcast, no. you're like, I have no idea yes. what you're talking about, the okay, Gene Keys. Okay, let's talk about Gene Keys. Yeah. The, I'm really excited it. right now that I'm sitting here. <laughs> when we just witnessed. Ending the fire in this realization. I know. But you both have the same number. We have. <laughs> that's wild. Grace. 22. So what is your. I'm 2247, 2645. So your. That's your activation sequence, I'm guessing. The four pieces around the outside. Yes. What you're here to do, what keeps you healthy, what most fulfills you, and what you're here to learn. So your purpose is 11. My purpose is 11. My evolution is 22. Life's work, 47. Radiance, your what keeps you alive, and Mm -hmm. 12. Wow. So do we overlap on the same? What did it, you know what I'm saying? I have to look. Yeah. Do you want me to give you a little bit of context? Yes, well, I, can, I can literally hear. That's our question. I can the hear listeners our listeners scratching pissed. their heads. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> 47, 33. Oh my God, we're the same. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All of the context. <laughs> so the Gene Keys is, first and foremost, it got planted in my life. And it was just this giant book yeah. that was like, you might want this. And I looked at it, I remember opening it, and I was just not a vibrational match to the information. I just couldn't actually retain mm-hmm. the information. I was like, Aah. and I pushed it yeah. away, and I had it on my bookshelf for a long time before I actually could digest what was going on. It's quite thick, dense information. Basically, it is a technology that is a cross-section between astrology and the I Ching, a Chinese emperor from about 5,000 years ago, created this text based off of the 64 archetypes that are available within the human experience. There's also 64 codons within our DNA. All of our information of our blueprint of why we are here, what is our greatest challenge, and what is also our super gift or superpower is all written in our DNA. And the it's not actually anything that we need to achieve or do outside of what we already have. It's about accessing and giving permission for what we already have to come online and be available so that we can share it with the world. And the Gene Key's basis is that your greatest challenge is also your greatest gift. So for example, I have deafness in my Gene Key's chart. The deafness, the greatest challenge, is not listening to oneself and completely blocking myself off from my own intuition and listening to the noise of the world. The superpower is the ability to listen 
more than most and have a truth filter, vibrationally understanding what is going on behind the words, not just the words themselves. So living in Los Angeles, for example, we're going to realize that people will present this whole buffet version of themselves that goes, oh, and I do this and I'm that and I've achieved this and I have X amount of followers and da 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 And it's like, oh, great. But actually, what would it look like if you had an ability to feel into the vibration behind the words and feel the agenda that sits in the pulse of their thoughts, not the words that are coating the deeper message. Mm -hmm. So we can get so caught up Mm -hmm. in the appearance. But what the deafness jinky showed me was that it's not a super challenge that I have. Yes, if I see it from that lens, if I become a victim of it. If I tell myself, why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. Then that is the narrative in which I will place on it, therefore my experience of it. Or I can say that I have a truth filter and my ability to read people beyond what they look like, their gender, their skin color, their words, or what their achievements Mm -hmm. are, but actually into the essence of their heart and how much they love. Mm -hmm. Then I have been able to navigate myself through this world from a place of true authenticity Mm -hmm. and create beauty everywhere I go because of my discernment of that that enriches as opposed to that that depletes. Actually, on that point, I just want to explore that more because I feel like the people listening that are intuitive and have a version of that, Mm -hmm. being able to feel and feel into someone's intention, or maybe if they don't have that as a superpower, but have that as part of the experience where you're like, oh, this doesn't necessarily feel right, but they may feel like they're being judgmental. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between discerning? And and I think for women, this is incredibly important because I feel like we've been told we're judgmental, but really we're more discerning Mm. or we're more like psychically reading things? Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. There's a gene key for this. There's the shadow of judgment with the gift and CD of integrity. So ultimately, first and foremost, you don't have to lose your hearing to be able to just read people. I just so happen to have not been really listening that I was given a gift to be able to, that catapulted me into a realm beyond words. However, being an empath or feeling people is pretty common, actually. Now, the difference, the vibrational shift between judgment and integrity Mm -hmm. or judgment and discernment is judgment will create division. Therefore, saying Mm -hmm. that I am better than because I sense this in you or create some sort of energetic hierarchy that says, oh, because I'm sensing that in you, I'm therefore more evolved than you are or a little bit more spiritually superior, or I have something to figure out that you do not. That feeds the very frequency of division that is actually the very frequency of division when on a collective scale, the wars we see on the planet. So by continuing to feed the frequency of judgment, we're consciously or subconsciously actually feeding the division we see on this planet. That is our vibrational responsibilities, recognizing as within, so without. So what the discernment does is goes, oh, I sense that your words and your vibration are not matching. There is a slight essence that I'm feeling of not being in full integrity with what you're saying. Bless you on your path. May you always forever find truth. Mm-hmm. And my discernment is, I'm not going to share with you my inner worlds and my mm-hmm. deepest jewels and riches because where you're at in your journey cannot fully hold what it is that I have to offer. I'm not making you less than, bless you, sister. Mm-hmm. I'm also on my journey. I've also got stuff where I'm not in integrity. I'm also working on my own thing. But the discernment says, actually, I don't need to make a big deal of this. I'm just not going to hit you up to go hang out at the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and I'm thinking about when we were 
kids mm. and how our parents and just people who were like our authorities did that so often where their words didn't match the energy behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And how as kids were so intuitive, so open and sensitive mm-hmm. And how that can be incredibly painful and how I can imagine that it just shut off that ability to sense or not wanting to sense that anymore. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you as a child in that sense? Mm. First of all, I think it's a really great piece that you brought up around the genius of a child is that when a child feels sad, I will just express that I feel mm-hmm. sad. There's no shame or guilt. Oh, I'm feeling sad. Maybe I should hide that. Maybe I don't know how it's mm-hmm. going to be perceived. There's not noise. There's not a lot of noise. That which is needed, as we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So there's a genius to that because it just lets the energy and the emotion move through. Now, as we get older, then it becomes more noise because we've told by society, by our peers, by our schooling system, by television, by media, that we need to be a certain way to be accepted. And so anything outside of the norm is then judged and then we become our own greatest critic and we judge and shut that down. So as a child, I feel like I have a photo of myself as a child on my altar and that's the only person that I want to impress. Mm. truly is who I was when I was six years old Mm. that photo of me that little girl that had so many dreams and had no inhibitions and shared and sang and Mm. danced and put on the funny sparkly outfit that's who I want (laughs) to impress and go hey how far have I drifted away from the genius Mm. of who I've always been because actually we came into this life with our genius we've just forgotten for a while and so as a child I was deeply sensitive and always creating always playing wasn't afraid to sing in front of my family's friends at Christmas time. And so she's my reference point. And I think that through, for me personally, through going through British boarding school Mm. and going through a very regimented way of being trained to who I was an adult, Mm. I was in the Royal Air Force in school. So trained military style. Every day, little by little, she started disappearing. And I started to go, oh, well, I've got to do something I don't want to do and make sacrifices to make money to eventually have the freedom to live a life that I choose because that's what I've been told and that's what I've been shown by my peers. But that's actually not the truest essence and the nature of the infinite reality in which we live and the possibility of the multidimensional selves in which we are, which if we realize we're floating on a massive rock curling through space held into orbit by a giant ball of fire. Mm-hmm. If you look at the stars at night, how can we forget that to be alive is the most magical thing? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I reference back to her because she remembered. She actually never forgot. I forgot. Mm-hmm. And so I put my sparkly boots on as an offering to her because she would have loved them. And so it allows me to tap into the frequency of magic as a default because I kept her alive. Mm. And I think that the creative adult is the child that survived. Mm. That was a quote from somewhere. It's not an original quote. I don't know exactly where that came from. But the creative adult is the child that survived. And was it Richard that channeled it? Or was it his, who was the first to channel it? Because 
Is it a channel technology? I mean, he doesn't like using that word. Yeah. Richard's my mentor and he's a dear, dear friend of mine. We've got so many magical stories. Icon. Yeah. Mm. He just came out to LA and I hosted him at my house for a couple of days. And then we did like this. If I had known you then. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be back. He's coming back. <laughs> Front row. We did this event with him and got everyone in the community to have like a night with Richard to just like oh. give back to him and celebrate him. So anyway, I was like, so you actually channel this whole text. Yeah. He's like, oh, I don't really like using the word channeled. But he did go through like an epiphany where this information did come to him mm-hmm. and he ended up, it took him seven years to write the body of work and he had to go through every gene key as an initiation while he was writing it. Wow. So think about the transformation that he was going through while this information was coming through him. And he's sitting front row with the popcorns watching as it flows through him while also going through the activations himself. So his whole life went through a massive recalibration while he activated Mm. these imprints within his being. And if you meet him in person, he is so humble, so present, so kind, Mm. so gentle, and so profound all at the same time. And it is so lovely to meet someone that Mm -hmm. is the truly the vibrational essence of their body of work. Mm. Big facts. That's an interesting thought to think about for even myself and the people listening that want to bring through big messages or books or Mm. bodies of work or creations. And it is, you have to be in the vibration of what you're trying to create. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people aren't a vibrational match for the bigness or the creation or the type of work that they're wanting to bring through. Mm -hmm. And so when you focus on your vibration to bring it to the point where you're ready for that Mm -hmm. type of information or body of work, like you said, then that's really when like the magic can happen. And thinking about most people probably wouldn't want to go through all of those initiations to write the book. Mm-mm. Like you'd have to be like, I'm ready for these. That's a lot. Your whole life is going to change. Yes. It's going to yeah. feel like the yes. rug get pulled out yes. from under your feet. Yes. It's the tarot card. Sorry, it's the, the tower mm-hmm. in the tarot card, mm-hmm. right? It is like everything you know to be solid in your life is crumbling. Yes. Only to build from very solid foundations. Yep. If you have mold in the foundation of your house, and if you just put a lick of paint over it, it's going to do nothing. It's going to make you sick. Mm-hmm. You have to literally rip the walls down yeah. and rebuild. And it's going to take time and it's going to take resources and take emotional effort. And simultaneously, then you actually live in a house that's based off integrity. Mm. Yeah. So the jinkies basically just to create like an action step for individuals that are listening to this going, I want to know what number I am. Yes. Do I match with my best yes. <laughs> You can go to www.genekeys. And because of my accent, it sounds like I'm saying jinkies, but it's like gene, genetics, keys, unlock. <laughs> Genekeys.com. And then you go onto the free profile and you just put in your birth, inf- birth information. So like your name of birth, at birth, and time of birth, location of birth date of birth is going to pull up your what's called free hologenetic profile and that is an opportunity for you to read just the four things that that you have pulled up those four gene keys what you're here to do what you're here to learn what keeps you healthy what fulfills you and it's just a free summary and prepare to have your mind blown Mm -hmm. and feel so seen and also called Mm -hmm. forward all at the same breath Mm -hmm. and then if you feel curious to go deeper and it really resonates and there's like a mystery and a curiosity there then it will show you and guide you how to work with the book and how to work with the hologenetic profile. But basically what it's doing is it's operating at the archetypes that run in your genetics. Mm-hmm. And there's three vibrational states within each archetype. So you can be one of 64 archetypes in your life's work. However, there's also it's a vibrational bandwidth. So I could, for example, be the same life's work as you. 
But I could be operating in the shadow and you could be operating in the gift. Mm -hmm. So I could be in the shadow of grace's dishonor. Mm -hmm. I could be in the shadow frequency of dishonor. Mm -hmm. And what dishonor really actually is representing is that when I'm going through an emotional experience, I'm blaming you for it. Mm -hmm. So in your presence, I feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And because I feel a certain way, I'm not taking ownership of what I'm actually experiencing. And then I project it onto you. Well, you made me feel this and you did this. All of a sudden, I'm dishonoring you because it's actually got nothing to do with you. You're just the trigger that's brought up something unresolved within myself. And I'm dishonoring myself because I'm giving the power away to be able to do anything about it. Because the second it's actually your responsibility, mm -hmm. then I can't do anything to change it. So that's the shadow of dishonor. The city of grace or graciousness into grace is completely devoid of blame. Mm -hmm. A gracious person does not blame the world as to why they are the way that they are. So, for example, we could have the same nice work, but our expression of it is very different based off of our relationship to the energy. Mm. So every challenge also has a superpower. And the thing that I love about the Gene Keys is when I read someone else's chart, I see their challenge, but I don't hold them accountable to that. I hold them accountable to their superpower. So when they're in front of me and they're blaming the world, I see the potential that is present. And that's truly the essence of holding space with someone is to not judge them in their shadow, but to see the potential and the seed within that challenging moment mm. and to hold them for their highest timeline. And that's why I think it's such a great offering to read your family or your friends' gene keys because then you'll see their superpower and you can be the accountable person that holds them to that. And so now that I know that your superpower is grace, then any time, if I continue my friendship, mm -hmm. when we, and shall we continue yes. our friendship, mm -hmm. then if you ever start to blame, oh, it's because so-and-so, mm -hmm. like, remember that your power lies in taking ownership here because you can activate your superpower if you are devoid of blame. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden now you're like, oh, thank you, Blue, mm -hmm. for holding me accountable to my higher self. Mm -hmm. But we have a roadmap. Yeah. <gasps> Why I'm going deaf, got it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a superpower of epiphany and insight. Did you cry when you read that? Mm. I didn't just cry. I felt like I was going through a plant medicine ceremony. Yeah. Like I was like, could actually feel my DNA restructuring itself. Yeah. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh. It was like tiny little elves were in my brain that were expanding yep. my capacity mm -hmm. to see beyond yes. this like great challenge that had yes. happened to. I have a superpower here. I've just been telling myself the wrong narrative. Mm. Was that the most healing part? The healing moments where you've been able to really see the beauty of it? Was that one of them? That was the catalyst. Wow. That was the shift of narrative. Ultimately, on average, we think about 60,000 thoughts a day. And for the most part, they're disempowering. Our thoughts are creating our worlds. Our words are creating mm. worlds. And we have a 75 trillion cells in our body and they have two jobs for the most part, to listen and respond. What are they responding to our internal conversation? Mm -hmm. And every single thing in life is subjective to whatever story you place on it. Mm -hmm. Everything. So if I start to actually engineer my internal conversation to be of an empowering nature, you can imagine over consistency and time, my external reality will start to reflect mm -hmm. an empowering experience. Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful thing is that it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter where you were born. This is available to everybody. Mm -hmm. And everybody on this planet has a superpower. And only you can be responsible to find that and to share it. And ultimately, mm -hmm. once you find it, that's what the responsibility comes is now share it as far and wide as you can. And if you can't, and Mother Teresa said, if you can't feed a thousand miles, then just feed one. Mm -hmm. 
So if I can just sit here and be fully present with you right now and Mm -hmm. listen to you, then I am bringing beauty into the world and I'm leaving this place more beautiful than I found it. Mm -hmm. And ultimately when we die, none of our material objects go with us. But how we impact the people around Mm -hmm. us will be the thing that leaves a legacy long after we're gone Mm -hmm. and the thing that will echo to our children and our children's Mm -hmm. children. So it's a divine responsibility and having a roadmap is very helpful. How would you explain the forgetting? Because Mm -hmm. do you believe like at one point humans were in their gifts more often than not, where now I feel like there's more of that living in the disempowerment. Mm -hmm. And like you said, most of our thoughts are disempowering. Do you have an explanation or a thought about that shift? Mm. There's multiple variables within this that come up for me. I actually think that we've moved from a time where we just had to survive. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't even have the luxury to think about our thoughts in the past. We Mm -hmm. literally just have to survive today. We have to make sure that our family are safe, that we have a roof overhead, and that we have enough food to feed us to survive till tomorrow. The way that we have advanced now, we have never been more comfortable. You know, we need to get from A to B. We'd have to get on a horse and maybe even lose a limb by trying to get across America to eventually be able to deliver this message, you know, or find settlement and to build a house. Mm-hmm. We literally just go on our phone and go, all right, the phone is going to tell me how to get from A to B and I get in the comfort of my car and I'm listening to my radio. But we're actually extremely comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to a point where we're moving beyond survival. Mm-hmm. And we're going into the realm of actually operating in what are we telling ourselves and what mm-hmm. have we been told our whole lives. Now, the disempowering conversations, I think, on the rise right now is because of social media. It's got a massive part to play with our inadequacies. <laughs> like, Huge. you want to feel inadequate to start the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you just wake up? Right after your alarm has gone off mm-hmm. and go scroll on your Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And put and, a number next to your name. <laughs> uh-huh. A number next to your you. name. Yeah. Do you have a blue tick? Do you mm-hmm. not have a blue tick? Oh, then you must be mm-hmm. more evolved than I am. It's like, are oh. you liked? Do people like you? You know, the mm-hmm. words are really powerful too in all of it. Mm-hmm. The whole thing's set up based off mm-hmm. of external validation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I post this photo. Mm-hmm. Oh, it got less likes than I thought that it was. Maybe it's because I'm not beautiful. Oh, wait, that sister, or this woman just posted this mm-hmm. photo and but she's got her butt out. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then she got more likes. Maybe if I do that. Mm-hmm. It's coming from this external feeding as opposed to internal to the external. Mm-hmm. It's external to the internal. And so it's chipping away at our mental health. It's chipping away at our sense of self. And it's placing a number on our worth. But just by being alive, we are inherently worthy. Mm-hmm. And so social media has an incredible way of connecting us. Like the other day. I was thinking just on that point, the connection thing was what I was just going to say is it's so interesting how in social media, it's like, do you want to connect on LinkedIn? Do you want to connect on Facebook? Let's connect online. And you're like, how flimsy are the cords Mm -hmm. where we're thinking we're connected and that's the trigger word for connection Mm -hmm. where I'm connected to this person, but you're not really from a true sense. It's more like a digital sense. And so we have this assumption that we're staying connected to people. And there's also like an energetic weight of being connected. Mm -hmm. If I'm connected to this many people on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, what does that feel like energetically? And Mm -hmm. how much weight do we have of like very loose, flimsy, energetic cords and connections Mm -hmm. that live online? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's we're the first generation that has ever seen this. I remember it wasn't that long ago when Instagram stories became a thing. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh. I remember thinking as soon as I saw it, oh, here we go. Same. 
I was like, I don't want it. Oh God. I don't want it. I used to, mine was like, I need to make it like a story. And it was like six thirty, wake up, wake up. And then it was before bed. It was like night, night. <laughs> I'd be like, this is my day experience. I was like, dude, no. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's such a trip. And at the same time, there's of course with the inhale, the there's the exhale, there's two sides of the same mm-hmm. coin. The other day I was doing an Instagram live and a sister from Iran who had set up a private IP account had access to the Instagram live. She jumped on the live. She covered her face and shared with me direct action steps in what we can do to um, support the sisters of Iran right now and this movement that is happening. And it was such a surreal moment. There was like 200 people on the live. Mm -hmm. Everybody was glued in, listening to every word she was saying. I felt the vibration Mm -hmm. of her voice and the fear in her eyes and it got really personal as opposed to, oh, there's another thing happening in the world today. It's almost on a daily basis what's going on in the world. But when I felt her and then I felt 200 people going, we're here for the call to action. We're ready to mm. go. I, after, as soon as that live finished, I didn't save it because I wanted to protect her safety and her identity. Then wrote down the call to actions, put a quick video, post it online. Before I know it, it's shared 3,000 times. 90,000 people just saw it. That's 90,000 people more than it was an hour ago, Mm. getting eyes and ears and attention on the injustices that are happening in Iran. So in those moments, the strength of my community online, I don't have a crazy amount of followers, but the ones that I do have are so all in. They're a community. They support each other. They connect with each other. It's the quality of what we share is the quality of Mm. our followers. I'd rather have Mm. 100,000 followers of people that are heart-centered like i'm all in here present and in full support of this message as opposed to 75 million followers Mm -hmm. that are arguing with each other in the comment section yeah so it can be a really powerful tool however just gotta be really mindful if we're not paying for the app our attention is our payment so we are the product Mm -hmm. so if we become the product we need to learn how to use it and not it use us because it can become very dangerous and it's a slippery slope to external validation and tiny little serotonin hits um, that give us that happy hormone or that happiness feeling. But it's very, very fleeting because it's a bottomless pit. You'll never be full. Mm-hmm. So yes. if you think, oh, I want 100,000 followers. Okay, great. Then you get there. It's like, oh, I want a million followers. Yes, it just doesn't end. If I get that, then I will mm-hmm. be always catching for that. What is happening in Iran? I want to share a little bit with our community about it. So currently, where my awareness is at with it is there was a woman that was not wearing her hijab correctly, a 22-year-old woman, that they have a morality police out there. So if you're not wearing your hijab, which is basically a headscarf, mm-hmm. if you're not wearing it correctly, the morality police, is that's their, pretty much their main role is to make sure the women are covered up. And so she was arrested. And then while she was arrested, she was actually beaten and she died. This was the straw that broke the camel's back for a conversation that's been happening since the revolution out there. So this isn't a narrative around Islam versus the women mm-hmm. wearing the hijabs. This is a human rights issue. This mm-hmm. isn't, don't, don't let the media create a narrative yes. that is divide and conquer. That says, well, if we divide them into, well, this is Islam now versus mm-hmm. the women. Oh, it's not. It's a human rights basic issue that involves all of us. And Deepak Chopra spoke about recently that we're seeing a paradigm shift right now because there's a massive imbalance of the masculine and the feminine energies on the planet. And I'm not just talking about men and women. I'm talking about the energy. So we recognize that we have the left and the right hemispheres of the brain. We have the masculine and the feminine principles. 
Now, when you have something that's out of balance, it's going to tilt like this, mm-hmm. and we're going to see many issues stem from that. Now, the feminine principle is our intuition, is our compassion, is our listening, is our creativity, is our mm-hmm. softness. The masculine is the structure, the penetration, the finances, mm-hmm. the details. The form. Now, mm-hmm. the form, mm-hmm. exactly. So if we look at it in a microscope and we look at a cell and we see that there's the cell membrane is the masculine mm-hmm. energy, it's the form, it holds the cell in place. The feminine frequency is the life force energy inside Mm. of the cell it's the vibration it keeps it alive now if you just have the feminine without the masculine it leaks and it dies Mm. if you just have the masculine without the feminine you have a dead cell too because there's no life so we must have the balance of the two now if we're looking at a on a meta perspective if the masculine and the feminine is out of balance and the masculine the patriarchy has been running for so long that we have wars we have so much separation because without the compassion and the intuition and the oracle and the wisdom Mm -hmm. and the listening and the softness, we have a sick world. And so we are going through a paradigm shift right now where the feminine and specifically women in Iran that are in the leading edge of this conversation Mm -hmm. and this narrative are going, no more. I'm going to risk my life because I don't see a future that's worth living if we stay like this. So I'm going to stand on the streets without my hijab on and mm-hmm. I'm going to sing loud and I'm going to pray mm-hmm. and I'm going to publicly be seen and let my hair out. Basic, basic. Just let my mm-hmm. hair out. And if I get killed, then at least I'm doing something proactive for my children and my children's children. Now, another issue, because I'm directly in conversation with this sister that has this private IP account. Mm-hmm. She's in the capital of Iran right now. She's saying that and this is the government tactic. The government are now placing people in the protest, sparking violence, because mm-hmm. it's feeding the narrative of us versus them. Mm. So it's making the side of the people standing up for this. And it's not just women, it's men standing by these women's sides too. It's men that go, hey, this is my mother, this is my sister. Mm. These, are, these women are so sad because of all of the suppression and their voices being oppressed. I'm going to be standing with them. Now they're spark, they're putting the government are placing people into these protests and starting violence so that it seems like an us versus them issue. But it's not. It's a human right basic issue and it involves all of us. And so because the Iranian women are at the leading edge of this paradigm shift, we as liberated American women, mm-hmm. if that's where you are and you're listening to this, or if you're in Europe or wherever, mm-hmm. right, we have certain privileges that they do not have access to. It's just basics. We get to stand behind them and use our platforms because we aren't going to be killed for sharing on our platform about this stuff. Yeah. But it is personal because we are as strong as a human race. We are as strong as the weakest link. And so don't let the narrative divide us because the only card we have in our power is the numbers. That's 1% to 99%. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how do you take that one card away from us? Divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Don't let them divide us. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter based off of what skin color you are. Doesn't matter where you live. Doesn't matter what passport you hold. This is human consciousness sharing the same planet. And if people are suffering, if people are oppressed, we are all to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And we lay in bed in America and wonder why we have a subconscious anxiety or a conscious anxiety that just mm-hmm. ticks away at ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's because there is people hurting on this planet. And we can do something about it. Or we turn a blind eye to it. 
And then we take our Xanax and we go about our day and we just continue to numb a deeper sense of being tuned into the collective suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have an opportunity to support and stand with our sisters and be the voice for those that do not have a platform. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that sister on the Instagram Live and I felt her voice and I saw mm-hmm. her eyes and I felt her pain and her sadness and I know that I have a platform and I know that people are listening and I know that I'm not going to get killed for sharing my voice, then I've got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. The thinking about the media and the role in portraying this deep separation, because sometimes I feel like the media plays into our, I'm saying our just universally, insensitivity to what's happening where it's like over here Mm -hmm. and it's like we're watching a movie Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't hit here Mm -hmm. because we see that all the time on netflix i feel like everything's war guns violence murder Mm -hmm. and we're desensitized Mm -hmm. and we're also forgetting how powerful we are Mm -hmm. when it comes to shifting a paradigm like this Mm Because I definitely have had moments where I'm like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. What can we do? Mm-hmm. And feeling so powerless. And so I just love the way you talked about that, especially in just the logistics of like power in numbers. That is 1% that we can rally around. Mm-hmm. And especially as women who are free and liberated. Yeah. How have you, like, what has been your experience of? the media, especially in the last few years? And how have you reckoned with the positive aspects of it to be able to see what is happening literally, but then also the negative? I, it got really personal for me recently, uh, recently just been in the media a lot and reading some of the articles, just lies, like <laughs> straight up lies, like just fabricated out of nowhere. <laughs> And I, it gets me really thinking because when it gets personal, it really does hit different, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. You can be numb to him, but like at the cash out in bonds or whatever. And then you see Prince Harry is now. You choose this photo of him and it's just, ah, I don't know what's lies, what's truth. Most likely lies if it's yeah. in those magazines. Right? Yeah. But when it becomes personal, I can't believe mm-hmm. anything or take everything with a pinch of salt around what the media is doing because there is an agenda on this planet there is a narrative that wants to keep us in a vibratory state of fear and so that comes back to also what can i do peter crone a dear friend of mine he said our vibratory state is our contribution to the collective so if i'm playing or if i'm singing or if i'm dancing that is my very contribution to the collective mind because we have our own individual auric field and we have a collective conscious auric field. And if we are fighting with ourselves, if we are judging ourselves, if we are putting other people down, then we are directly affecting the wars that are still playing out on the planet because there are wars within ourselves. And so outside of the action steps of Okay, if I share these hashtags, if I utilize my stories, if I say some prayers and meditations on my lives and bring this to the forefront of a deeper conversation, Mm. those are the action steps that I can do online. But outside of that, I'll go down to the beach and dance for three hours because that's my offering and prayer. Mm. 
Because there's so many people that wake up every single day and hate what they do and wish they were somewhere else and get angry at the person that cut them off in traffic because they're feeling a life of unfulfillment and they're vibrationally very sad and depleted. And that's also the contribution. So if I have an opportunity to go to the beach and put on my favorite music and pray through my movement and activate my joy as my contribution to the collective, then this is making the revolution irresistible i'm not going to want to be the better version of myself in the presence of someone that's devoid of all vitality mm. i'm going to want to actually ask the deeper question when someone actually is looking at me in the eyes mm. and being in their compassion and has vitality glowing out of their face yeah. and i'm genuinely going to want to ask what is it that you're doing mm. because that is so magnetic and so it's not about preaching to everybody how they should live their life. It's about becoming the fullest embodiment. And when we are embodied in our message, our words land different. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's crazy. There's a lot of noise in this world, but yes. wait until it's embodied and then you've got mm-hmm. a wisdom keeper. Yes. And that person most likely doesn't even have any interest of being a leader. It's just a consequence or, or byproduct of a life of embodiment. Mm. Yeah, I think with the concept of embodiment, what is preventing people from being embodied? And for someone that's a singer, Lindsay's also a singer, you know, there's a frequency that you feel or even hosting a podcast when someone is in their body, mm-hmm. in their true tone, as Stuart Pierce says it. There's a vibration that reaches you differently mm-hmm. than when you're not telling the truth. You know, not telling the truth more in the head. People don't listen. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But for women that are listening that want to be more embodied, that want to feel that experience, what are some ways that you think they could support themselves in doing that? Uh, I believe that life is made up predominantly of mundane moments. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we are so eager to just live the highlight reel all the time. Not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Won't actually give us any contrast of actually appreciating the highlighting moments when we don't have anything of contrast, which is the majority of the mundane. So embodiment is found in the mundane embodiment is how you make your bed in the morning embodiment is who you are or where are you while you're washing the dishes embodiment is are you present when your dog is trying to go for a pee but you're pulling on the leash because i've got to go over oh, home and my I've, I've got to go and respond to all of my messages <laughs> embodiment is found in many small decisions mm. made from a place of presence so if we look at the mandala, the piece of you know, mandala art, you see this beautiful, intricate, amazing piece of artwork. But to create a mandala, it's a byproduct of many small shapes. It's a dot and a circle and more dots, another circle and maybe some little leaves and then another circle. Eventually, over time, you create such an intricate, beautiful mm. piece of artwork. So realizing if you want to make a masterpiece of your life, be present here now and that's the practice because suffering happens when we are reminiscing on future or past experiences in the present moment we are desaturating the present moment trying to live somewhere else so what i like to do is to bring play into the mundane moment and now we can only create a reality based off of how far our imagination is willing to go and that is again the child that survived Mm -hmm. the creative adult is the child that survived so for me, when I'm making the bed, I'm either, oh, God, make the bed. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> my imagination, I love this one. My imagination will create that I am in a TV show <laughs> and I am competing against another couple and they're Swedish and they're type A. So they're like really, really <laughs> quick and good. <laughs> making the bed. 
Now, I'm being judged off of two things. Time, speed, and accuracy, how well it's done. So I press an invisible buzzer. My ex-partner will be testament to this. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, the Swedish are catching up! (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) And I'm running around the bed, checking it in, make sure it's neat, make sure the pillows are there, and then I press the invisible buzzer and I wait for the judge panel Mm -hmm. to decide if I want or not. (laughs) Now, the bed is made. It's perfect. Took me no time at all. And I just blasted 10, five minutes out to the universe of my highest excitement, Mm -hmm. my inner child, and my play and joy. Now, the universe, by nature, can only give us more on what we're emanating. So if I'm emanating that level of excitement, by the law of cause and effect, which is one of the laws on the planet, just like gravity, it has to return that frequency to us. Now, also, if I'm making the bed and I'm thinking about how angry I am at my partner because he didn't try to make the bed this morning and all of the emails that I haven't gotten back to, now by the law of cause and effect, that also vibrationally has to respond to me. So... If I'm washing the dishes and I'm listening to Staying Alive by the Bee Gees and I'm thrusting my hips in every single direction while getting that like crud off of Mm -hmm. the plate, that is also by nature the thing that has to return to me vibrationally. So if we recognize that we're playing in a vibrational reality, then we would infuse the mundane moments with magic and play and celebration and then realizing that then more and more highlights will start presenting themselves because we have been able to create a level of embodiment Mm. in the in-between moments, which is the majority of our lives. Mm. So anyone listening to this and you feel, oh, yeah, you're right. Like majority of my day is driving to and from work or Mm. is doing the dishes or folding my kids' laundry or making the bed, whatever it is. My invitation for you right now is how can you infuse it with just a little bit more play? How can you infuse a little bit more imagination? Can you have a playlist that is laundry folding playlist that gets you so hype? Mm. Or while you're walking the dog or listening to an audiobook while you're driving from A to B that really inspires you, that activates you into a deeper level of inquiry around what it means to be human, for example. Now, when you feel these in-between moments and you create a level of presence, that creates embodiment. Mm-hmm. So that when you show up for a podcast, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm here mm-hmm. because I made my bed really well this morning. Yeah. I beat the Swedish. Yes. <laughs> have you ever lost? Huh? Have you ever lost? Uh, yeah, I would I love have. that if one time you were I've like, not lost. your best work. <laughs> yeah. I tripped over a pillow. You you know, I'm down. I'm yeah. down. They're getting making strong headways. I'm pretty bummed. You're telling your ex-partner, you're like, I lost again today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, how did the Swedish do? I lost. But I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You doing all right? Nope lost again (laughs) I love that practice though yeah I think that is so special for people to hear and to remind them of that child within them because I think so much of our angst is the underexpressed or unexpressed Mm -hmm. part of us that is so full of wonder just so much creative energy so Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful just going back a little bit I feel as though like you've been in spaces where, from my perspective only, like you've almost like God has inserted you, like Mm -hmm. speaking about Hollywood and your career in Hollywood for a stint. Like God has inserted you in these places where- Air Force, right? At the Air Force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure it will continue to happen in your life where, you know, for sure, I believe that your wisdom and your energy is, I wouldn't say needed, but there is this opportunity 
for things to shift mm-hmm. because you are there. Has that been your experience? Because I'm just <laughs> observing as someone who just met you today, <laughs> but it, I think it's fascinating and it excites me mm-hmm. to see someone like you move in those spaces, retain who you are, learn more about who you are, and probably leave people feeling and experiencing themselves differently. I've That's a beautiful perspective. And I'm grateful from such a short period of time of knowing each other that mm. this is what is standing out for you. And ultimately, in the morning when I do my morning practice, Richard taught me this. He said, if, if the only thing you do in the morning as part of your morning practice is you either ask or declare, please use me to be of greatest service mm. to the whole. I'll do whatever it takes. Mm. And I actually mean that which means whatever identity needs to die Mm -hmm. the tower card i will do whatever it takes and please use me for the greatest good of the service of the whole so that my message and my medicine can grant others to believe anything is possible that in itself is a very strong powerful they call spell spelling spell casting Mm -hmm. so that's been something that i have prayed for in every ceremony, in every travel, every morning in front of my altar, made offerings to the earth, sacred tobacco offerings to the earth with that specific intention behind it. And then all of a sudden I'm placed in certain situations around certain people. We talked about earlier, mm-hmm. being a Logan's house, for example. Mm-hmm. I'm placed in these areas. And because I know that I have set that intention, I trust that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And the part of my gene keys actually is part of my brand is quintessence and quintessence Mm -hmm. is the ability to articulate very deep wisdom while also lacing it with humor and lightness Mm -hmm. it's very specifically designed because the medicine that i bring is so needed to bring a lightness back Mm. to the narrative of spirituality to bring a lightness back to the narrative of being human and to be able to articulate places that most are not willing to go the, whether it's a darkness retreat and I've sat in a dark cave in the earth in the middle of the forest for four days straight or I've been out in the Amazon jungle with the Peruvian shamans uh, with the Shipibo drinking ayahuasca like I've been places that most may not ever feel called to go and that's okay <laughs> however someone needs to tell a story about it but not get super serious and get wrapped up in the drama of what it means to be human so recognizing given context of the gifts that I have received in this life, specifically what I've signed up for, claiming them without thinking that I'm better or greater or got anything more evolved than myself than anybody else, recognizing everybody has superpowers and realizing that my specific medicine is to allow people to believe anything is possible, then I'm placed in certain areas that creates a bridge of high impact individuals. So it's just so happened to be that I attract very high impact individuals Mm -hmm. and become the embodiment of a new narrative of what's possible and they just so by being in my presence start to believe in themselves a little bit more which then affects the people that they're impacting Mm. so this is just a part of what i believe my soul signed up for Mm -hmm. and i have this roadmap based off the gene keys Mm -hmm. and there's many other technologies that have supported me plant medicines being one gene keys being another that have allowed me to actually claim what has always Mm -hmm. been mine Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the huge important part. And you've mentioned a few times beauty about beauty. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk about beauty because I think a lot of people hear beauty and they're like beauty, wah, wah, and they mm-hmm. think of the veneer beauty or like the vanity beauty. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to talk about your relationship with beauty. Mm-hmm. Beauty's my life's work in the Gene Keys. Mm-hmm. And my essence of what I believe 
true beauty is it's shifting the narrative from artificial glamour to authentic beauty. And authentic beauty is a byproduct of how much you love mm. all sentient life on this planet, yourself, in every in-between moment, and every single person recognizing their God wrapped in physical form. So I believe that authentic beauty is sustainable. Artificial glamour only goes skin deep. And artificial glamour ultimately is very alluring for the five senses and may pull you in, but those with the eyes and the ears that truly learn to listen and see, it will only last five minutes. Because how much somebody loves is the only thing that stands the test of time. Because artificial glamour will wear away and we will get older, and our beauty will change in form. I think actually women become more beautiful with age because of the wisdom that mm -hmm. is set. And we move from the maiden to the mother to the, ar the archetype of the crone, mm -hmm. and the crone is so deeply rooted in who she is. The crone knows exactly mm -hmm. who she is and doesn't need to prove anything. Mm -hmm. Doesn't need external validation to the essence of who she is in the room. Her life has become this, uh, is absorbed, and all of the stories absorbed mm -hmm. into the essence of who she is. And what she offers to the table is I only speak unless it improves the silence. And the richness of my words mm -hmm. is a byproduct of a life well spent on this planet. Mm -hmm. Now that is beautiful. And when I'm in the presence of a woman or a man or any identification that has learnt to love the crunchiest parts of their essence, that is the fullness of a magnetism that says all is welcome here. If you cry, that's welcome here. If you yell, that is welcome here. And if you love and you create and you play, that is definitely welcome here. To me, that is that unfuck with the bull essence of someone that has made peace with their own shadows and made peace with the with their relationship and their respect towards the darkness. Mm. The darkness is not good or bad. This is a binary nature. We are non-binary natures in the sense of all of it is sacred. And when I can truly represent that within my own being, I become a very beautiful human being. Mm -hmm. And for me, they are the humans and the souls that I love to marinate in and have as my core tribe mm -hmm. at the seat of my table of my life. Because in the presence of those individuals that have allowed themselves to start to really learn to love all aspects mm -hmm. of themselves, I find that the best version of me comes online. And that is who I start to create as the default mm. so that when I'm not around those individuals and I'm out in the world on my own, my roots are so deep in the core of who I am that when the wind blows, that tree is not being uprooted. But that is only born in the presence of truly beautiful people. And that does not mm. come down to what flesh puppet you incarnated into in this lifetime yeah. or what your genetics look like or how your face is certainly arranged. Mm. It doesn't matter about that. It's that vitality shines the light of a thousand suns from somebody that's learned mm. to love. That's what beauty is to me. A staple in my routine. Okay. Athletic Greens has been something that I've taken for about three and a half years now. Every single day I mix it with cold water. And this is really my insurance to fill in the nutritional gaps within my daily nutrition. And I know a lot of you out there are like, oh my God, what should I take? I so many pills, so many this, so many that. This is one scoop. This is a powder, easy to mix in 
with cold water or into your smoothie. And you are making sure that you are getting incredible high quality bioavailable vitamins, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, greens, superfood blend, and more. And again, one freaking scoop. It's pretty miraculous. They've done an incredible job over there at Athletic Greens. They are sourcing so many of their ingredients from New Zealand and the quality is tip top. So if you are wanting to improve your focus, your gut health and digestion, if you want to support your immune system and being super, super healthy, I highly recommend Athletic Greens. Krista and I are super fans. We shout it everywhere we go. So we're going to give you a gift per use. Athletic Greens is very generous. And with your purchase, you're going to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. These travel packs I bring with me everywhere. Go to athleticgreens.com slash almost 30 today. Athleticgreens.com slash almost 30 to take control of your health. Give AG1 a try. It's incredible. And you'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D. Most of us are deficient in vitamin D, this is a vitamin that we need to be getting enough of, and you'll get five free travel packs. Athleticgreens.com slash almost 30. Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? <laughs> what? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't <laughs> because I'm experiencing you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, you, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things. And while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Deloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends and they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Deloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense and she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high potency, fast acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try Deloon. 
Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. What it is with the obsession with surface beauty. Mm-hmm. And I do think it was this fascination, whether it was like a Marilyn Monroe era or even mm-hmm. earlier of just this, the, yeah, it's glamour. It, yeah. Glamour. And it's the devil's work, baby. It's the devil. <laughs> it's the devil. But now we're seeing this extreme modification uh-huh. and just this swing all the way where we're like, who are we? Yeah. Why are we? What? Mm-hmm. So I'm just so interested to see where we go. Yeah. It's just an interesting thing because we see everything online. I think it's a social media thing. Both again. things are happening too because it's on social media. There is the movement of where I do feel like there's more acceptance in Gen Z. They're not shaving their armpits. They're like letting it all hang out. They're just more accepting of the natural body. But then there's the other side that's the crazy altered, constructed, crafted person mm-hmm. that's like being built Literally you know, being built. Literally being built. I yeah. watched a um, call him build a bitch. Like a Netflix show that's like explained. And <laughs> yes. there's like oh my God. There, have you seen you've seen that uh-huh. So there was one for plastic surgery. Uh-huh. And I watched it on the flight back here from Greece recently. And I thought it was fascinating because I'm fascinated about the topic mm-hmm. of beauty, specifically being my life's work. Mm-hmm. And I have it double in my gene keys. And if you have anything double, any archetype double, it's a super challenge. It's mm-hmm. also super power. Wow. And so I've made it my life's work to really become the embodiment of true, authentic beauty and to always see that within other people. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely stood out for me when I saw it on the Netflix. Of course. Explained. I was like, I definitely want to check out what is actually the trend and what's going yes. on here. And it was a massive rise for plastic surgery based off of social media and realizing that there's actually this social media look where the eyebrows are a certain way, the lips are a certain way, it's the hourglass now, Mm -hmm. so really slim around the waist, really big hips, massive bottom, Mm -hmm. big breasts, massive lips. But what they were talking about is actually that they've taken bits from every different ethnicity and culture and made this version that is actually almost, it is impossible to have based off of genetics, Mm -hmm. every single piece. And so it's like this sculpted essence. And we see it online and it's like face tuning and all these different Mm -hmm. apps. And we go, okay, I've got to look like that. There's no way I can actually naturally look like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll get more men or maybe I'll get more attraction from women or whatever based off of if I look this certain way. And so then we create this sense of beauty outside of ourselves and completely overriding that the beauty is founded from the inside out, Mm -hmm. which is not a narrative that actually makes money. We live in a country, Mm -hmm. if we live in the United States, it is not here for the well-being of people's mental health. It is here for profit. The United States is a Mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. If you are sick or if you feel Mm -hmm. inadequate, you can profit off Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Run by crooks. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Crooks. Dude, I think other countries are like, you guys think you've got this under control? Yeah, the greatest country in the world. Yeah, and But the thing about ours is we act like we aren't, they aren't crooks and they're fucking crooks. (laughs) We're in other countries, they're like, yeah, you know. This is how we do it. Yeah, Yeah, this is how we do it. Like, whatever. Uh Ours are like, all is well. And it's Uh like, no. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are robbing you blind. We are making you sick and we are feeding you trash. Mm-hmm. And also, I just want to go back and I 100% agree with you on that. And also, I just want to go back and mention that there are also certain procedures that can really enhance someone's confidence and that there is a really beautiful side mm-hmm. to it too. And and that if somebody has been disfigured from mm-hmm. an accident or have been teased their whole life and all of a sudden they have this newfound sense of confidence, it's not about saying that this is mm-hmm. bad, that this is wrong and it's judging it. It's more so a deeper conversation of going, hey, where does true beauty actually lie mm-hmm. from? And I get to play with my avatar in this lifetime, whether I get a tattoo mm-hmm. or I dye my hair or I put makeup on. It's fun to play with it. If I want to go get this procedure, it's really about coming back down to the intention as opposed to the actual thing itself. And so there was the beautiful, I loved the episode because it gave a new spin mm. on this is also the distortion of the illusion that we're playing to an unrealistic sense of beauty and therefore creating an inadequacy because we don't look like X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. But there's also those whose confidence have massively been supported mm-hmm. or feel like they were born in the wrong body. And then now finally they feel like mm-hmm. the external is reflecting that internal state yeah. and they've had support to get to that place. And so it's not black and white, good or bad, Mm -hmm. wrong or right. It's more so just reflecting on a deeper conversation around how can we as a collective shift from artificial glamour to authentic beauty? Mm -hmm. And authentic beauty is a place of, I know who I am, I know why I'm here, and I know how I serve, and and I'm loving as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And my beauty is founded in that place. Because Mm -hmm. I can tell you that mindset, that level of beauty is the very thing that raises your children. Mm-hmm. that builds a house and that stays in relationships for the long run mm-hmm. so yeah. what would it look like if we started placing role models mm-hmm. that are exhibiting that level of beauty mm-hmm. Princess Diana beauty mm-hmm. that just radiates because of how big her heart is mm-hmm. now that would be the world that I want my daughter mm-hmm. to be raised yes. in or I at least would like to be the embodiment mm-hmm. of that that I wish was available when I was six mm-hmm. years old yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. The power of intention. Mm -hmm. I just want to touch on that quickly because I feel like you have brought that to every part of your life. And I heard you speak about just the power of intention within ceremony, within plant medicine ceremony, especially. And we sat in an ayahuasca ceremony a few years ago. And I remember finally understanding this concept of the power of intention. Mm. It literally turned Mm. over every cell in my body and I was like, just the oneness of it all. So I guess in the more practical sense, how can we start to bring that intention setting into our everyday? And what have you seen as like the literal magic Mm. of it? Mm -hmm. What I like to use the analogy of around intention is if you've got a target and you've got a bent arrow and you're trying to hit that target and you load the bow with a bent arrow and you're like, Argh. it's like, oh, it's not hitting. <laughs> right, but then if you get a straight arrow and you just, Argh, and it gets right onto the target, mm-hmm. well, that's the difference of intention or no intention. Mm. It's like, we live in a realm, realm where literally anything is possible. You can find anything on this planet, really, the fullest spectrum. So if we go out into the world and we don't have an intention, we're just caught up in the current of life. And all of a sudden, it's go 20 years and be like, I didn't even have any goals. I didn't even have any intention. I just caught up with the ever present now. Where if I actually go, okay, every single morning, 
instead of going on Instagram and comparing myself of how inadequate I am to all of those other people that have way more followers and look way more beautiful and have such a beautiful face and I'm starting my day with the feeling of the intention, unconsciously intention of that I'm inadequate, what would it look like if I carved out 15 minutes where I just actually wrote in my journal, today my intention is to track every single time that I start talking negatively Mm -hmm. to myself and replace it with an affirmation. Today, my intention is to move my body and to do some one thing that scares me. That can be it. And then sit yeah. down. Now, all of a sudden, I have an anchor amidst the unpredictable nature of what it means to be in co-creation with something greater than ourselves, which means I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Saying that I create my reality is only half true. Mm-hmm. I create how I respond to it. But what actually happens, I don't create. That would be an exhausting job if I'm like, all right, to <laughs> stage left. Now comes the burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I'm in co-creation with something greater. But if I can be in intention and then I can soften how I respond, then the way that we move through life doesn't have to be so challenging. We're now starting to put a loaded uh, arrow that is straight into the bow to then be able to hit the target. And so intention comes from, for me, it's like how I start my day to before I come in on a podcast, I set an intention this morning during my morning practice Mm -hmm. and I projected my consciousness into the moment where I was with you. Mm -hmm. And I set certain words that I would like as my intention of why I'm even here. What am I here to share with you? What do I want to be the embodiment of that translates through the frequency of my voice that then lands in the ears and the, of the listeners that then how they shift their narrative of how they perceive the world? So that was part of the morning practice, but also before I came and sit, just sat in the car, took a breath before I came in. And then also intention for like, why am I, why do I wake up in the morning? What am I doing? What do I want to create? What's my five-year intention that's my 10-year intention and recognizing also that there's my will and thy will so we can have an intention but also sometimes what we want is not what we need Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. we get to hold it very loosely while also having an anchor of our why before we start running so intention is really important and plant medicine specifically ayahuasca every single time how many times have you done it do you think 200 no i don't think that many times I've, just to give it context, yes. my training has been in the ayahuasca space yeah. in the sense where I've sat a certain amount of times, but it got to the point where it's like, I'm complete. I don't need to receive mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. But once there's a specifically that this path has called me to be in work in a deeper way and with my hearing, I'm going to put this in quotation marks, loss, has gained me the ability to a deeper level of empathy to be actually go mm-hmm. inside someone else's experience. So working with specifically ayahuasca, a lot of my training is around the healing mat. So I work hands-on when somebody is on the medicine to go inside their body with them and through the tools and the skills that I have accumulated to be able to support them to transmute denser emotions and energies that they've not been able to transmute on their own. Mm. And so the reason why I've sat so many times is because it's my service. It's not me just receiving. It gets to a point where it's going, okay, now go out and integrate what you're learning. Because without the integration, it's just another trip. Mm -hmm. If you're not receiving what you have uh, really absorbing what you've learned in the ceremony for example the ceremony says hey this person is actually really not supportive in your life right now that uh, medicine is not going to do the work for you now when the medicine wears off do i actually integrate this by taking action steps on what i've received yeah or do i just go oh i need the medicine again 
Oh, I go back to the medicine again. It creates a codependent pattern. It's actually very disempowering. So the medicine is going to show you what's possible, but won't do it for you. Mm. So there's a certain amount of receiving that one can do until yeah. integration is mm-hmm. super important. Mm-hmm. But yes, sat many times and been in service quite quite a few. And the every single time she has returned me to my intention. Mm. And shown me the power of intention. So I believe that. It's not just, it's not even, it's not even a belief really to, as much as it is a way of life now. It just is. Mm. So before I'm having a clearing conversation with somebody on the phone, I set my intention. My intention is to create a deeper level of intimacy between me and X, Y, and Z. So that through the crunchy, we form a deeper relationship. Mm. And then we get the call. And now I know what the intention is on the other side, as opposed to just being like, What's right then. Mm-hmm. No, I'll cut my speech later. Yeah. Right. It feels a little bit I love different. that word clearing conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like clearing with a friend instead of yeah. or like conflict. Because it is an energetic seeing through the auric field and like the way that people perceive there's like a mm-hmm. thing that you can see through. And mm-hmm. I love that it's clearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're then, just clear that yes. all the stories and the illusion, the assumption yes. that has been created. Yes. Because it's it's not it's not me versus you. It's about us versus the issue. And that mm-hmm. shifts everything. Yeah, that mm-hmm. actually is not feeding the division. It's actually going. My intention is to create a deeper level of intimacy, mm-hmm. and whatever's standing in the way of you and that intimacy, I'm here to clear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whew. Beautiful. So good. That's a so, lot good. so good. We're We've covered some wide ah, range. Literally. <laughs> I know. I always check it. Like at the end, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. The last, so the good. last thing, last question. Then I'm doing the darkness retreat. <gasps> you are. You just had Scott on yesterday, right? Yeah. Hey. hey. <laughs> November, baby. What's November. your advice? I watched your. So that was the third thing. So Sahara, Natalia, and then the third thing was me watching you talk about the darkness with Aubrey. With Aubrey, yeah. I was like, oh. what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And you Ooh. saying you're like this. I remember you said this might be more powerful. Then plant medicine because the results, like the, as soon as you leave, it's integrated. It's in, yeah. It's there. There's no, there's nothing between you and yes. the insight or the information. It is just in real time. You're integrating the insight. Oof. Yeah. It, how many days do you know? Have you decided? Deciding between three and five. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. I'm not. The first time you don't want to get to the point where it's going to like, I don't ever want to come back. Exactly. Here, right? So I want to get a taste and leave and be like, oh, I want more. Like yeah. with silent retreats, I left yeah. and I was like, oh, I want to not talk anymore. Yeah. I would love to do it again. And yeah, I don't want to kill myself. But I think I'm not nerve. I'm not necessarily nervous because I don't really get myself in the energy until I'm there. But I was thinking about, I am a little afraid of the dark. I'm mm. afraid of an energy or an entity. Mm-hmm. And that's probably me. (laughs) And so I'm thinking that's what I'm most afraid of. I'm not afraid of being away or anything like that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. any advice you have for me? Yeah. So just to create a level of relatability, I have always been afraid of the dark since a kid. Perfect. And it's also my relationship with just the unknown. I'm deep in the ocean and I don't know what's underneath me. Same thought. The imagination, right? It can either be used for you or against you. And so like what? am I projecting onto the unknown is the Mm. very thing that I'm afraid of. Mm -hmm. And so the darkness is just another realm of where that that breeds that unknown, Mm -hmm. the projections. However, I was actually surprised how safe I felt. Mm. And also 
I feel like wisdom is formed in this space outside mm. of our comfort zone. And ultimately, knowledge and wisdom are two different things. Uh, it, knowledge is when you just receive new information, but wisdom is integrated new mm. information where it just becomes the essence of who you are, then it's actually where mm. wisdom is born from. I think that when in that space, it, to be the observer of everything that just would come up and recognize that there is no place to hide. Mm. We operate so strongly in the realm of distractions. It's so easy for me in an in-between moment at a red light where I just go on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for me when I've got this house goes silent and there's nothing, all my to-do list is done, I go to the fridge. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the default almost of our experience yeah. of specifically living in the area that we live in Los Angeles. Like it's just so much distraction mm-hmm. and it's just all over the world in general. And the darkness is you cannot run or hide from anything. Mm-hmm. So the deepest, darkest, scariest parts of our subconscious mind will start to churn up. The boredom, the want to grab things. And I realized that Mm -hmm. many spiritual tools that I put in my Mary Poppins tool bag of like, okay, well, I have my mala beads and I can Mm -hmm. do my mantras and I can do yoga and I can do breath work and I'll take a bath and then maybe I'll lay on the bed and then I'll do some stretching and then (laughs) all of these different things. That's what I was doing, doing chanting. I'm going (laughs) to sing. One day feels like a month in there because time really slows down. So I do all of my spiritual things and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Now what? Mm. But that's actually where the healing begins. And so there was also something that I really enjoyed doing in there, which is, if you haven't already noticed, I'm kind of deep. Like, I'm a very very shamanic Scorpio woman. And so in the darkness, I saw it as a blank canvas to project what I want to manifest onto this blank slate. Mm. So there was a moment where I was at my own wedding dancing with my, at the time, husband. Mm-hmm. I'm not married. But that I would love to have that feel, mm-hmm. that sense of union. And so there was a moment where I was listening to the wedding song playing in a completely black room. Mm-hmm. And I'm holding my husband and mm. I'm emanating the frequency of the mm-hmm. feeling of what that felt in my body and in mm-hmm. my being because based off of the law of cause and effect that that we emanate is that that we receive mm-hmm. in our own way so I got to play with the infinite realm of manifestation mm-hmm. in the darkness mm-hmm. so I could either be afraid of the darkness or I could play with the darkness or I could project my 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 desires onto the darkness and once that play came in then I started realizing that and by the way, packing for the darkness is the easiest thing ever. Can't wait. You know, no one's going to see you. So I was like, <laughs> pajama pants, pajama shirt, yep. robe, and I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's go. No one's going to see me. And because you can't even see yourself, with your eyes open and your eyes closed, it's the same thing. So I recognize that, we mentioned it earlier, that which is needed is that whatever the emotion is that's alive, that's moving through me, Mm. I didn't identify with any of it. I didn't have a physical form. I didn't have a gender. I didn't have a number of followers. Mm. I didn't have a bank account. I didn't have any of these things that I've identified myself with. Mm. I just became this shape-shifting human that was allowing Mm. whatever to come through. So there was a moment where I'd be like on all fours, like grieving my past relationship. Mm -hmm. And then the next moment I was dancing at my wedding with my husband in some sort of like future timeline. Then I was in the bathtub and I would sit there and I remember it's like the bathtub by the way is saving grace Dude, can't wait. Mm-hmm. warm water you're yeah. in the air Pisces I'm like just yeah. oh, yeah. living in it mm. so I'm like sitting in the bathtub and all of a sudden it was like came out of nowhere was this lady of the dark she said for I am the lady of the dark 
And most people don't even realize that actually all of your power lies in the darkness. So we are constantly spending all of our lives trying to run away from the darkness. But those that have learned to respect the darkness are those that have truly become unbuckwithable. Mm-hmm. And she would like, talk through me, to wow. me, wow. as a message. And I'm sitting in the bathtub and I'm... Part of my consciousness is like, all right, and now we're here. I love that <laughs> shit. When you laugh at yourself, you're like, yo, what's up? <laughs> I don't care if yes. I look crazy because yes. no one can see me. Yes. Because there is no me. Because yes. it is that which is needed. And that which is needed right now is a message from the lady of the dark. That is an archetype of me, mm-hmm. but I haven't given permission to actually breathe because mm-hmm. I think I know who Blue is and mm-hmm. how she dresses and how she's supposed to speak and how she presents herself. And I'm a spiritual being, so I can't do this, this, and this. In the darkness form melts into that which is needed. Mm. And so for me, once I got over the uncomfortable of trying to do when I softened into the being, that was where pure originality is born. Mm. Is in the stillness, is in the quietness of the mind. And that is where the original seed mm. of things that have never been done for, before are born. And I mm-hmm. realized that well, every day we're constantly recycling things that we've heard. I do on this podcast, yes. recycles many things that I've heard before. Yep. We become a byproduct of our environment and we recycle the information that is predominant to us. But when we're in the darkness and we can get through the mind, then we find the seed mm-hmm. of pure originality. And that is the jinky of stillness. Mm. And stillness is where the artist truly lives. Mm. The true original, never been done before, can change the direction of this planet. That is where that information is born from. Mm. So my, I guess, coming back to Pack the PJs. The advice. Let it rip. <laughs> yeah, let it rip. Baby. Let it rip. Full Use power. it as a way to project. Mm-hmm. And also, get past the oming sound. Oming. Mm. Whenever I would be just discom- uncomfortable, mm, or I would oh, sing, that's nice. mm-hmm. I would sing into the into the darkness, mm-hmm. and wow. it comforted me like a blanket. It wow. was really lovely. And then my invitation, because you've sat in ceremony, intention, like mm-hmm. really clear in your intention. If your desire is not strong enough, you're for sure going to be questioning it on day three. Yeah. Why the have I chosen to do yeah, this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and make an offering outside before you go in and Love ask it. the elements to be with you. Yes. Make an offering of some tobacco mm. or some sage or some lavender or something. Have mm. a little offering pouch with you. Mm. Go be with the elements before you go in. Bring the ceremony. Mm. Set your intentions. Mm. Say a prayer. Call in your loved ones. Mm-hmm. Like I'll go through this real ceremony mm. initiation with you and be as intentional as you can. But just recognize the, the gold is found on the other side of your discomfort. But the first to get to that point, you have to go through it. And that's mm-hmm. what the darkness. Mm-hmm. So I just want to acknowledge your courageous self yeah, for truly. choosing to sign up for that because not everybody's going to agree to that. But mm-hmm. those yeah. that can get really uncomfortable usually find a lot of gold. I love yes. it. I love my soul. It's like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah. My soul's here just like, okay, what else can we see and experience and do? And mm-hmm. yeah, it just happened very naturally where mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do that. And then the opportunity came. I was like, perfect. And then Scott was here yesterday. Scott was here yesterday. Mm-hmm. He so me, sweet. Like, oh, just chat with them. Okay? <laughs> They're coming out tomorrow. Oh, he's so sweet. He was so saying, he's saying, Lou's so sweet. She's amazing. <laughs> he was like, I loved her. And he said, he's like, she packed only pajamas. Yeah, Most trips I go on. <laughs> Especially if I go home, I look... <laughs> amazing (laughs) oh my god well next one we talk about plant medicine yeah go deep on that yeah 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 more but you'll be back well pandora's box yeah this has been so much fun i'm so grateful i've been 
yeah, I've been just really wanting to connect and just, I feel like now is your time. Whatever you're wanting in life is like very there for you. And yeah, this has been incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah, your wisdom really and your kindness it. and your joy and mm-hmm. for being in your gene key light. Yes. 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 And for saying yes to this last minute, knowing yeah. that this was the time. I love those last minutes. That's like, <laughs> you just know and you say yes and there's no friction. Um, that was, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. We love you. All right, guys. Bye. We will see you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Blue. You can find more about Blue at Blue of Earth on Instagram or bluecosmiceagle.com. And thank you to today's sponsors, as always, just bringing you brands that we love and vet for you. You can find all discount information in our show notes as well as on almost30.com. Thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so that every new episode hits your inbox. We love you and we will see you on the next one. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.